It's always a good feeling when a Monday morning hits and I see this man's face on the opposite end of a Zoom call. And I feel like I was just with the man yesterday because I was, because we were having a few seltzers. We were celebrating a one-year-old's birthday and it was a beautiful day. But now here we are to podcast, Cart. It's Monday, August 21st on the Sleepers Podcast. And we're not presented by anyone today, I don't think, unless you want to swoop in and say that we're presented by someone I didn't know we were presented by. We are not, but I do want to comment on my performance. Uh, I need to have a better performance today on the podcast. Because I don't think I did what I had to do this Saturday as a friend to Gregory. He asked for one thing this weekend. He asked me whenever I had a seltzer or a beverage in my hand to hand it to him so we could drink in unison. I did not do that. I bought him a pack of Nurse Gummy Clusters, family size, share pouch, just for him. Did not give it to him. I was just not on my A game, to be honest with you. I had a, I don't know, I had a Charlie Villanueva level Pistons game. And I, and I should have been better. Uh, you certainly are capable of more than a Charlie Villanueva level friendship game. Um, mo- plenty more opportunities ahead of you, though. Big week for us. Big week here at the Sleepers. A lot is going on. Uh, we have to like meet to do actual business logistics stuff this week. That's how you know we're kind of legit now, I guess you could say. We have some big meetings this week. And, uh, of course, five days a week, Monday through Friday, you're still getting your episodes, folks. But this is the final week where we're going to read every single YouTube comment. So we'll start the show as normal today. If you want to get your comments read 100% of the time, you have to join the Discord by next week. Next Monday's episode is the first. We'll be flipping that on. The Discord community is growing. We had a nice little weekend with the Discord, a lot of betting talk, uh, some basketball, some football talk going on in there. We got 20 paid members of Sleepers. What do we call that? Sleepers community? Sleepers, we need a name for this. We're gonna need like a family, like some like some type of group name. Yeah, we might have to put that to the Discord, let them figure it out. But anyways, it's popping off right now. Things are good, and I still see we got fifty nine quote unquote members, just twenty people that are actively engaging. So uh, hopefully, we can convert a few more. And card on the Discord is where you will get our Sleepers newsletter. Sleepers bets is back for football season. It's week zero of college football this week. That means we're picking up the pen and we're going to be writing about what our bets are for the weekend, cooking up some parlays and all that. That'll be available to the Discord members. What are you thinking? What are you planning with this? I I never know where your head is at when it comes to Carter writing things. Well, I just enjoy this because this is the writing that I truly get into when it's me, you, newsletter, and there's different sections of this. There's a parlay that might be a long shot that could send you into a retirement. There's a can't miss parlay that you should just feel great about. There's maybe, I don't know, there could be all types of possibilities with the round robin form that we just found. Who knows what could be in this newsletter. But I'm telling you right now, you're going to pay for the Discord membership by winning some of these bets and some. Okay, we're going to make some money this college football season. If anyone follows G, you know how locked in he is. And, you know, if you put if you put a sub stack, newsletter form in front of me i'm gonna give you some information and when i get my research bag i'm a dangerous specimen just let that be known so i'm excited for that it was one of the main reasons why we you know it's one of the main attractions i think of our discord so i'm excited to get into that there's nothing better than college football there really isn't i've been known to open up discord or uh not discord sorry i've been known to open up substack 
about 10:30 p.m. maybe maybe in the living room maybe getting into bed even and uh i've been known to put the finishing touches on a substack article around 2 a.m. eastern time so i'm looking forward to that again i've missed the rush of a late night substack run uh college football's here man i can't wait betting college football one of the most fun things to do and yeah you're right now that we've discovered round round that's the most us thing ever it's just like this thing that's been around for years and years a way to bet we just discovered it and now it's like our centerpiece of how we go about our day-to-day lives but good lord the touchdown round robins we're gonna put together i'm so excited for them Mm -hmm. Uh, can't wait. And there's seven games this weekend, by the way. People are acting like there's not too many games. There's seven college football games this Saturday. We will have plays in the Sleepers Bets newsletter. So subscribe to the Discord. The link is in the description. We need to get some more people over there. I uh, would love to get more people over there as soon as possible. All right. Uh, we have a bunch of comments. First, quick tease of the topics we're going to get into today, Cart. We were surprised, college basketball fans everywhere, were surprised with the news that Illinois is going to play Kansas in a charity exhibition. We'll break that down. We've got Indiana drama. I don't know what Indiana's doing in general. We're just going to talk about all that. And then we're going to open up a new thing, Cart. We're going to pull out a randomizer, and a randomizer is going to give us a team. And then we're going to talk about what does that team need to do? What's the one big thing that would happen? for them to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. We're going to do that for every Big Ten team over the next three weeks, but we'll let fate decide who we talk about for that third segment. First, though, Cart, we got 16 comments on the YouTube, and then we have a bunch of comments in the Discord. Let's start with the Discord. Serve our community here, Cart. Uh, Tristan starts it off for us and says, if y'all talk about the USA game, could Carter give his thoughts on when Ant played Michigan State and how he felt about him then? So I've always been an Ant Edwards, just like truther, I suppose. Um, and when I got that question from Tristan, I was actually going back in my Snapchat or my Instagram stories archives. Uh, and I reposted uh, Anthony Edwards, Frankie vision for all those people who follow Frankie vision on Instagram video. And I just knew that this dude like had that type of talent and had that type of explosion offensively. And I don't think people truly realize how this man dragged Georgia to wins. That was an awful Georgia team. And if they didn't have Ant, they would have been putting up like, I don't, I don't even know what awful, you know, they would have been putting up Louisville record type numbers. I mean, it was crazy to watch. It was scary to watch because he almost pulled it off and brought him back single-handedly. But that's when I also realized that Anthony Edwards is just a really, really good guard and a lot better of a guard than Michigan State had at the time. That team that he was playing was Cash and Xavier Tillman, right? Was it Cash? I think because it was 1920, which I think was the COVID year. So that was that was Cash's senior year, I think. I don't think it was the same. I, uh... I'm pretty sure it was because I think it, it was Maui, right? Yeah, it might have been. Well, yeah, because I think Rocket was on the team too. I think it was the Maui team that was Rocket's freshman year with Cash, Tillman, Aaron Henry, uh, like, I guess Gabe Brown. I don't remember who, like, the fours were. But uh, I yeah. think it was that team. Because I remember, like, expecting big things out of Michigan State. And then all of a sudden, like, this one dude on Georgia was just destroying yeah. was that. Them. Was that the year we lost to Virginia Tech, who and Landers Nolly? Like, yeah. Gave us, like, 30. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was a tough Maui for me. Yeah, I mean, anytime you run into Landers Nolly, um, I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. And again, this was the Michigan State team that was going to waltz to a national championship. But 
COVID ruined everything. So. Well, this was before Tillman went to senior too. You really forget that. Oh, you're right. I forgot. Big two letters there. I loved Anthony Edwards in college. Uh, Tom Crean will never let you forget that he played for Tom Crean. Also, I just want to push back on you a little bit. You said that team was just total bums. Can you name me a couple other players that were on that team? Or can you not? Because I have two I want to throw out that you won't remember. I don't think we're on this Georgia team. I know Tyree Crump was on that team. Yep. Uh, was Nicholas Claxton on that team? Nope. I got two names that I think are going to absolutely shock you. That were Severe Wheeler. Severe Wheeler wasn't on that team, was he? Severe Wheeler was Anthony Edwards' point guard. Okay. Well, there you go. Stop there. Guess guess who his front court mate was? I don't know who. Tumani Kamara. Oh, the Dayton guy. This team should have been nice. <laughs> like, I mean, what is the Tom Crean doing? We had Anthony Edwards, Tumani, Kamara, Severe Wheeler. We couldn't go better than 16 and 16. Like, Tom, there's a reason that Tom now does. What Tom I, does. I think he's realized the players you just said. Tumani Kamara? I mean, yeah. Like that's, a, like, that's a good player. That's an NBA wing. Maybe an NBA wing. It's an NBA wing. We'll see. He was in summer league. He was hooping. Moving on. Uh, fam is in the discord. He says, people really got to get in this discord. Thanks, fam. Says vibes are immaculate. I'll be giving five picks a day for the first full week for us open to support building people's football bankroll. If you think, you know, a sharper tennis guy, no, you don't. Fam is our discord betting specialist these days. Uh, and I will say the Friday that he just signed up for the discord. I think everyone in the discord won every bet they placed. Yeah, yeah kids, kids special. Yeah, uh, fam, longtime sleeper supporter, longtime sleepers better. We've just been DMing fam betting. We don't know who fam is either. Can we talk about that? Yeah, fam doesn't have a, a Twitter picture. Fam doesn't have any type of uh, visual identification. We just know but, him as fam underscore 33. Fam claims he knows us personally, though, but doesn't want to tell us who he is. He's like I, I, just an old East Lansing friend and won't tell us who he is. So. Uh, we love you, fam, whoever you are. I, I have my own thoughts. I have my own theories. It's like a trilly thing where, like, I think I know who you are, but I don't fully know. I, I used to I used to think that fam was Toge until he started providing all the inf- all the betting information. I thought it was just Toge's burner. Yeah, no, apparently not. Ulamog says Taco Bell shits are the worst. The other day I had to haul ass with the awkward half jog, half walk, poop, run across the mall to the Nordstrom bathroom. What are your guys' worst toilet stories? Uh, I don't know if I have one that comes. Oh, I promise you, I'm not making this up because I know you're gonna give me the card. You're making this up type type story. You know how when you go to the bathroom, there's always the uh handicap stall, right? I always go to the handicap stall because you know I'm a wide fella. I need my space when I'm you know I want to be comfortable. Um, not somebody in a wheelchair didn't pull up, but somebody who like had like a cane basically, like actually needed the handicapped bathroom pulled up. And it was just extremely awkward when I walked out because I was a hundred percent able-bodied and I felt terrible about it. Um, mm. so that's my, I mean, I ain't never like shit myself or nothing like that. If that's what was supposed to come out of this, but that's all I got for you. Yeah. I mean, that's just a tough situation. I really genuinely don't have like, a crazy gross bathroom. Do you poop? Uh, yeah, rarely though. Like I will say, I, I poop an unhealthy low amount. Yeah. I was about to, like on college hoops to go trips. Like I don't even remember you ever going to the bathroom. 
Yeah, low, unhealthy. Like, not even low a pee. Amount. like if I if I need to or just want to, quite frankly, I can go a good five days without pooping. That's insane. That's not good either. It's not healthy, but uh it works for me, you know. <laughs> it's part of the regimen. Let's move on. Uh clearly this is the type of high level interaction you get in the Discord, by the way. Keith I'm Johnson two times a day for anyone wondering. Keith Johnson responded and said, the best thing to say when you're in a public bathroom stall and someone knocks, quote, come back with a warrant. I don't know if I'm going to be using that one anytime soon, but I respect it, Keith. D Rose SAT says, no idea if true, but if so, this would be worthy of a topic. And then he linked a tweet from at Sparty World that said, Michigan basketball recently lost to a local Division three team in a secret scrimmage, according to reports. Uh, this got like 500 likes, and a lot of people sent this to me being like, Oh my God, is this real? Did Michigan lose to a D3 team? They didn't lose to a D3 team. That's not real. This is Sparty World and uh, his Michigan State friends who probably cooked this up and it went viral. Congratulations. Cart, did you get any joy out of that tweet? No, because I knew it was fake. A lot of people didn't know it was fake. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I think you can engage in it and push it without, with, with, while knowing it's, you know, fake just, just for the, the bars, just for the laughs. Okay. So just, just a troll. Yeah. A little hee hee ha ha. A little hee hee ha ha. Okay. Uh, Koi responded to that in the discord and said, this happened to Iowa years back. If I remember correctly, Iowa lost to D three Augustana. That actually happened. Um, this one didn't, but <laughs> again, had to investigate. I do remember that happening to Iowa. It was pretty wild. And Iowa was good that year, too, as Coy notes. They finished top 25 in Ken Palm. Um, moving on, Trevor says, just brainstorming here, I think it would be a fun conversation to discuss how easy or hard it would be to be a fan for all of the Big Ten schools for basketball, i.e., it would be super easy to be a Purdue fan during the regular season, but would be extremely hard during March, maybe rank the easiest to hardest overall. I like that idea. Uh, just quick off the top of our head, and we might do that full topic on that at some point, but do you have like a top three that you think would be easier, hard to be a fan of just in, just in general or like this season? Hey, let's go in general. Let's go broad in general. Well, I, 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 tr- I feel good putting Michigan state up there as like truly good to watch. Like they'll, you, you, they'll probably have a good regular season and like in, the tournament, I think they'll be fun to watch, uh, especially moving forward, I guess. Um, I don't uh, – I put Maryland in there. I enjoy watching Maryland basketball, actually. I always have somewhat for some reason. And then uh, – I don't know, that's tough for me. I guess – shit. Despite all the stuff you guys went through, maybe Michigan? I guess, like, last decade it would be Michigan. Yeah. Soft like, success. Yeah. I mean – the. Truly, the beeline era was so fun. Like, it was such a fun thing to be a fan of the John because he was just like a genuine, nice guy who you knew wasn't like cheating the system the way all these bag dropping coaches were and was still winning until he turned out to be slightly racist. But, uh, <laughs> anyways, I, uh, yeah, I, I feel like the thing with this would be if you're a fan of whatever fan base you're picking or the team. Do you automatically get your brain rewired to have the expectations that that fan base does? Like if I go to be an Iowa basketball fan, does my brain suddenly just shut off at the idea that I should expect my team to make final fours? 
Like, am I just happy? Because then I will will make its way into my top three just purely off, I think, like, offensive standpoint. Like, it's fun to watch. Yeah, because there's, like, there's a gulf between, like, okay, Illinois fans aren't seeing the success they want, and they're mad about it. Iowa fans aren't seeing the success they want, and they don't care. <laughs> like, so in that sense, I'd choose something like that. Um, but yeah, naturally, I feel like it, the answer is Michigan State, and then it might be Purdue if you can get over the tournament stuff. Like, it would be fun to be a Purdue fan. Um, third, you're you're just picking. It's not fun to be a Michigan fan right now. I'll tell you that. The one I would not want to be is a Penn State basketball fan. Oh, it'd be Wisconsin for me. You just couldn't get behind the way they play and all that. No, I just can't. No, I can't. I can't get behind the fact that Greg Gard is the leader of my young men. There was so much potential when we were in Madison, though. Like, oh, if, they, if they had a different coach, they just need someone who's coming and shake things up. I don't like the house that Bo Ryan built. I want something. Alondo Tucker trying to do that. He got booted. <laughs> so tough. They chose the wrong path, man. All right, moving on. Uh, Jibu is in the Discord. Says if all the Big Ten coaches had to shuffle schools, where would each coach's best fit be? Let's pick one here. Um, where would where would Tom Izzo coach if not Michigan State? Probably Purdue. Could see that. He's got some uh, Gene Gene Katie. Yeah. Uh, hear me out on this one. If I could switch one, I'd put Jawan with Indiana. Ooh, I like that. I'd put like, Jawan with Indiana. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like I really see, like that. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I, I really like that a lot. Uh, I would put, <laughs> I would put Chris Holtman on Michigan. <laughs> I, I, I would. I think he, he fits the beeline mold very well. Yeah, that, that would be good for my, my Buckeyes. I like, you know, I need Holtman with my Buckeyes. Coy says most underrated player in the Big Ten, as in player that impacts winning the most, but maybe doesn't fill the stat sheet up much. Most most underrated in all the Big Ten? Ooh. I already know for a fact I'm going to miss somebody, but... Mm, I'm going to say Tyler Wall. I think he's underappreciated. No comment. Um, <laughs> I got a comment. How is he underappreciated? When healthy. I think Tyler Wall does a lot for a basketball team. I think he can do a little bit of everything. He, he played a ton last year and they stunk. They were good stunk. until he got hurt. He stunk and they stunk. They were good until he got hurt. Okay. All right. Um. I thought I I thought that this guy would be I thought three years ago this question would be very easy. I just picked Dante Scott, but he's got progressively worse every single season he's been at Maryland. Yeah. So if you want like a really great player, it's Boo Booey because people still don't give Boo Booey the love he deserves. Um I'll go true underrated here though. I think Tony Perkins is really underrated. Um, I think he I think he's damn near approaching overrated categories. So I, when I was doing my, like, here's my top 25 players in the big 10, I think I had Tony Perkins like eighth and, uh, I got a lot of pushback on the Michigan boards from this, like, LOL, what are you doing? Go look at Tony Perkins numbers and then go look at every single Iowa team for the last 10 years 
whoever the first option is in a Fran McCaffrey offense is an all-conference player. It's not going to be Peyton Sanford. Tony Perkins is going to be really good this year. I'm doing a little projecting, but like he was the second option on a good team last year, and the Murrays are gone, and his numbers are backed up. Like we and the games we went to, Cart like Perkins had great games. He had disastrous games, but uh, when he's good, I think he's one of the best guards in the conference. Uh, Craig says, out of current college basketball coaches who don't have a national title who are your top three favorites oh to do it top three so guys who don't have a title that you would bet would get a title well easy painter yeah as a painter is did they ask for three i mean i just know one for sure it's painter top three um yeah painters my one too uh top three coach who haven't done it I got three. Painter, Painter, Kelvin Sampson, and Mick Cronin. I like that. I think that'd be the same list for me. And then the only other one I'd consider over Mick is Tommy Lloyd, but he's still a little too young. Give Tommy Lloyd like a decade, then I'll I'll probably... What about Few? I just think Few's going to end his career without it. Like, if if you got through the Timmy years... And the, like you had Chet Holmgren, Jalen Suggs, and Drew Timmy in <laughs> consecutive seasons, and you didn't get a touch. Like, you're not going to have better rosters than that, Gonzaga. You're yeah. just not. You might have missed your window. Yeah. Um, Keith Johnson says, no one has talked about the most amazing thing about Big Ten expansion. Legit chance Big Ten tourney in Vegas. I've still never been to Vegas, which uh, is crazy. Like when that, I am the number one should go to Vegas guy that I know. Yeah. Yeah. And you would be special in Vegas. Let me tell you, you're it's a frequent, it's, it's everything you need. You're a frequent Vegas goer. Yeah. I funny, quick story. My family, just, I, I come from gamblers, my family tree. If you look at it real closely and squint, it looks like a slot machine. Okay. So they, they like to gamble every single year before we started doing this, actually, for the first weekend of the tournament, for the when that first couple of days come, me and my family would go to Vegas and literally just watch games for that first weekend and just be in Vegas. And it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, that was the thing. Our first couple of years of doing this was like, well, shit, Carter's Vegas trip. <laughs> so, um, hey, I, I respect your family and lo- we love a family of gamblers. We both come from families of gambling. Families that gamble together stay together. This is true. And the final comment of the day in the Discord from Tristan, uh, who has famously turned down our many offers to come on this very show, says, I need to know when this, quote, offer for me to join came from because I see nothing from my messages and don't ask why I'm listening at 2.30 a.m. Why we love Tristan is the fact that he's listening at 2.30 a.m. Why we hate Tristan is that he continuously turns down our offers to come on the show and then pretends he didn't get those offers. Yeah, and and he and he, you know, Tristan has his iPhone, so he has the read receipts on as well. And we see him read it, and the, the kid just doesn't care. Yeah. He comes in the Discord comments like, where's my invite? Why aren't you why can't I come on? I don't understand it. It's honestly really hurtful. I would love to promise, you know, Tristan could have his own day, Tristan Tuesdays, but uh, just fully unreliable is Tristan Freeman from Busting Bracket. So, hey, great job, Discord. Uh, if you want to join the discussion over in the Discord again, the link is in the description of every video on the YouTube channel. It's $9.99 a month. 
Uh, and we would love to see you there. This community is growing. If we can get that 20 up to like 50, I feel like we're going to be able to do some really, really cool stuff during the season. And as I speak, Cart, fam's hitting the betting channel on the Discord right now with odds on the move for the Women's U.S. Open 2023. He's got the play. It's down to 10 to 1. Shout out to fam. Let's move to the YouTube. Again, this is the final week. We're going to read every comment from the YouTube. We got 16 comments, Cart. First, Ulamog has clipped every segment again. We love Ulamog. Caleb Decker says Carter is freaking funny and Greg laughing at him makes it even better. We need more of Carter's men's league shit talk stories. Great podcast. Caleb, thank you. Carter, can we get an on the fly men's league shit talk story from you? Uh, you can get one. Uh, my latest one in the last game, I started off the game, right hook, right hook, classic big cart left to right against the slow footed center layup and one. Look to the crowd and hit him with it. If I wanted to play with kids, I'd have my own. Get this guy off me. Immediately received technical. Actually, no, I got a warning. No tech. Told me to calm down because there was no one in the stands. So no one actually heard me. We are starting a new men's league season tonight, though. Let that be known. First game of the season tonight. Same team or new team? New team. Have you already had the new team? Like, have you already drafted? Yeah, they will. They... I was drafted. Like, this is my new team. <laughs> oh, what's the scout on the new team? I, I don't know. I've never actually played with any of these guys on my team before. Okay. All right. We're excited to hear the updates later this week. Yeah. And in the team group chat, like they said, state your name and your game. And like everyone was actually going through it. And some of my team members, like, God bless their hearts. And we needed it. They really broke down their game. I came in there. My name's Carter. I'm a big can do it all. I'm going to get some text. You got to live with it. That was my text. And it got four ha-has. So team chemistry is <laughs> off the charts right now. Yeah, this is off to such a good start, I feel like, compared to your previous teams. Good luck tonight. I'm very excited to hear the updates. And again, if there's a way, you should offer this up to the Discord. Can you please live stream your game and just throw it in the Discord? I could probably do it, yeah. Set up a phone tonight and let's see if it works. Okay, I will. I think I got like a tri- I got that tripod from our trip too. I genuinely think we'll get more people subscribing to the Discord just to watch your men's league than anything else. We'll give that a shot tonight. Steve Dunn says, "Quote: They just want to make it all about themselves." I hate stripes. Words I've screamed on multiple occasions. Cart, happy Monday, fellas. Any chance we see Trey Holloman take a step forward this season? I know, I know the backcourt is crowded, but the kid is still on the roster. I think there's a decent role for him before his career is done at MSU. How high am I? Uh, I mean, well, he can't take a step back, so naturally he can only go forward. I, I get it. I just feel like people need to temper. Like, I don't know why, where these big expectations for Trey Holland are coming from. And I don't think it's fair to him to have huge expectations of him because one, not a lot of minutes available. And two, if we're talking about from a talent perspective, he's probably the least talented guard on the team. And that's not like he's awful player. I'm just saying we got some very talented guards and I think that he could also be a, a solid piece so we'll see but like these big expectations for him i'm just don't really know where those um are necessarily coming from i think that fans should hope for the best for every player on their team but i don't think it's hating or rude or just inaccurate to state 
that the 12th and 13th guys on teams are likely to not become anything ever productive at the college level. Like it just is what it is. You need opportunity as much as you need talent to be good in college. And Trey Holloman is behind AJ Hogard, Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins, and now Jeremy Fierce. Like it, teams don't play five guards. Good teams don't play five guards. Tom Izzo probably will. He'll get five minutes a game. He'll get some run. Uh, I hope he looks well and or, or looks good in those minutes. But again, like I'm a Michigan fan. I'm not going down the list to be like, Ooh, like uh, Will Cheddar's going to have a breakout year. Like, no, I'm hoping Will Cheddar doesn't play. I'm hoping the better players in front of him play really well. And we don't need Will Cheddar. That's how, in my opinion, Michigan State fans should view Trey Holloman the same way they should have viewed Pierre Brooks last year instead of like, oh, my God, is Pierre going to be a a breakout scorer when he's a senior? Like, no, he's a bench guy. It's okay to have bench guys. Natalie Rose says, what are your thoughts on the men's USA basketball team? I was skeptical at first, but now I'm really starting to like this team. Excited to see how they perform in the tournament. So I know me and you differ on this one. Um, I personally accept like what this team is. Like They're not going to get the guys who are even the fringe all-NBA guys, I guess, if you want to call it, just because of other situations going on, whether it be you know, um, surgeries, um, chronic horniness in Zion Williamson's case, uh, not knowing how to have, not knowing to have a, you know, a, a, a CPL, shout out to John Morant. Like there's other, other situations going on why players aren't playing. Um, and I think I like this group personally, mainly because I love Ant. Like I think that Ant being on this team and Tyrese Halliburton, I love Tyrese Halliburton. I can't believe I said awful things about Tyrese Halliburton when the Pistons were thinking about drafting him. I like this team. It's going to be close. It's not going to not going to blow teams out like you know the old Olympics teams or old World Cup teams used to do. But I do think that they have a extremely good chance to win this. And then obviously, I already told you I have a futures ticket that USA wins this tournament. I still truly believe they find a way to get it done. Yeah, I I mean, I think they should. But just the idea that we have to say out loud, like, I think this team has a good chance. Like, I would hope the United States has a good chance to win the FIBA. Like, I would really hope that happens. We should be so much further ahead of every other country in the world. And we're sending our 30th through 70th best players. I don't know what Bobby Portis is, the 210th best player in the world. Like, I, and look, I get it. We're not going to send the stars. The actual superstars in their primes aren't going to play this event. We have to send young guys. Fine. I don't know what went into this. I'm sure they tried. But when the core of a Team USA team is just a bunch of guys who were friends at Villanova, I'm rolling my eyes on that. Like, I, I do not care that Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart room together and like to make each other laugh like I that's cute whatever it's not basketball I want to watch Austin Reeves is the fourth best player on this team in crunch time no thank you I don't find that enjoyable to watch I find myself missing out all the really exciting young players who aren't here and many of them are on the select team that beat this team in practice two weeks ago so and I get it like Cade Cade wanted to lock in and spend a full summer getting healthy instead of doing this that's fine Um, I just I, I don't I think this is the least exciting version of this team you could possibly put together. It's egregious that Trey Young's not on this team. It's egregious. Like, just put him on there. I feel totally better about this team. Um, And I would just say, like, Halliburton, he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's good. He's so lame. 
man. Like Austin Reeves had that breakaway dunk at the end of the game to like go up eight and Tyrese Halliburton literally like almost tackled him jumping up and down. I'm I'm opposite of you. I'm in on Halliburton. I just can't. I don't. I there isn't a player on this team that I think is cool other than Anthony Edwards. And maybe that's just me being like annoying. Like you don't have to think every player's cool, but I I find this team overwhelmingly lame other than Anthony Edwards. And that makes me sad. I've never felt like a team USA team is lame in my life until now. Uh, Spartan AG 999 says, I think Ohio state is going to be at the top of the big 10 along with MSU and Purdue. They started to really heat up at the end of last season. And I see that continuing this year. Yeah. We agree on the Buckeyes. Yep. We're definitely in on that. Go Bucks. Michael Kremen, Michael K. Remins, great. Is it Michael Kremen or Michael K. Remin? Uh, K. Remin sounds fire. We're going to go with Michael K. Remin. Says, great pod, fellas. Haven't heard any talk nationally about the Florida Gators. I just got shivers saying that sentence out loud. Added Tyree Samuel, but their guard core on paper looks really good. Riley Kugel averaged 17 over their last 10 games. Will Richard averaged 10 a game. They added Pullen and Clayton Jr. What do you think the ceiling for this team is in the SEC if it all comes together? Okay, so for any listeners of The Daily Show, I don't know if they got the full kind of premise of this, but let's let's let this be known right now. There is a personal battle, uh, vendetta, whatever word you want to say, between Gregory and Todd Golden. I mean, it is it is a battle that has gone on all last season and it continued every single night. Now, myself, I'm a Todd Golden truther. I like Todd Golden a lot. I saw him at the Final Four. I texted Greg when he was at the Final Four. I'm like, I bought, I buy into Todd Golden. Gregory doesn't feel the same. I do like this backcourt just because of Riley Kugel by himself. I think he's really good. I don't think he's like, you know, lottery pick type talent, but I think he's a really good college player in a bucket. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else I can buy in on this Florida team, though, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah, I uh... – what was that on your nose, by the way? Well, I was trying to put this red dot on my nose to like make it look like I'm a clown so that I could say like I'm Todd Golden right now. Because <laughs> here's the thing with Golden. He's a used car salesman. I correctly called that out at the final four. Like this guy, this guy has showed up and everyone has decided he is the golden boy. One, because his last name is golden Two because he's handsome and he looks like Mike McDaniel slash Brad Stevens. Like, He's he's fully getting the handsome young white guy whiz kid treatment. That's analytics, what he's analytics boost. An, analytics guru. Oh, th- this guy has outsmarted everyone because he has a nice jawline and his last name's Golden. Like, I'm sorry, it's objectively ridiculous to be like like he's gonna he's gonna foul up two. He's gonna foul up two with ten seconds left. Like, and okay, that stuff's fine. I get there's math behind it. Whatever. I don't think you can coach basketball as if it's a math test. That's my first stance. Even if the math makes sense, it's there's too much emotion. There's too much stuff going on to coach it like it's a math test. Two, his offenses stink. They're horrible. So I don't care how smart he thinks he is. Run an offensive set. Figure some shit out. Like his entire offensive plan last year, he had a damn good offensive. He had a talented team. And his whole plan was just roll the ball out there and stand there and like rub his chin on the sideline without calling a set. Like it was horrendous. I identified it early in the non-conference because last year, this time car, I was hyping up Florida. 
I said, I'm buying in. I'm still skeptical of Golden, but I'm buying this roster. And he made me look like a complete clown the entire season. So I'm out on Todd Golden for the foreseeable future. I do like their roster. To Michael's point, they have a lot of talent. I don't think it matters that they have talent because I think Todd Golden will take this offense, drive it off a cliff, and uh, there'll be a bubble team like Florida basketball has been since Mike White was on the sidelines. And now Golden Boy is on the sidelines. Clayton yeah, nice Lee, pair, yeah, nice pair of kicks on him. Uh, of course, he's always going to have a nice pair of kicks on. Clayton Lee says, other than Purdue, can the Illini cause some damage with the danger zone this season as the Big Ten is a bit softer in the middle? I don't know, because from everything I've seen and, you know, just watching them in these early games and also like just the reaction of like the fan base around. Why do I feel like the Illini are kind of souring on danger a little bit? Like I like there's been murmurs of like, is he going to start or should he start and things like that? Um, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if he's necessarily going to be able to. I think that he has the ability to. Obviously, I know that all too well. But I don't know if this season's going to hinge on Danger being able to, like, dominate down low. There might be one or two Danger games, I guess. But I don't know if it's going to be something that's consistent throughout the season with the lack of, uh, I don't know, what word you want to use, size or big men that dominate in this league. I feel like Dane should be one of your prototypical favorite players because, like... Uh, oh, Oh, he is. The thing with Dane isn't can he do- it's not like can he dominate a game? It's does Illinois want him to dominate games? And yeah. like that's that's the classic Carter Elliott. Like this guy could be an all American if his team just let him. Like that's I feel like that's you. I don't know who coaches your men's league, but it's like just give me the ball. I'm a star. Why aren't they giving me the ball? That's Dane Danger to me. Like if they wanted him to be the face of this team, he'd be really productive, really good. It's the Nick Ward too. That was Nick Ward at Michigan State. Like if if Michigan State wanted Nick Ward to get 20 and 10 his junior year, he could have, but instead they didn't want him in a role bigger than like 18 minutes a game. So I don't know. He's dominant. I don't think Illinois wants him to be dominant. It's a weird answer to that question. Which is which is is wild to me because you you brought up like Nick Ward, like, but Danger is a lot more dynamic than Ward was like, Danger has, I think, more moves. I think Ward was had, a bucket. Ward was a bucket, but Ward could go left, and he was dominant going left, and he always got back to his left, and people they, they couldn't stop him going left. He was a bucket. When I say dynamic, I mean more so. I think Dane offers a bit more in regards to like shot blocking. I think he offers more. I think he offers more from a passing perspective uh, as well. I'm not saying it's like a crazy passer, but just I guess compared to Nick Ward, I think he offers. A little bit more. Okay. And his name's Dane Danger. Malik Perry says Booker, Aikens, Car Fears, Honorable Mentions, Hogard, Walker, and Hall for NBA. Maybe he meant NBA. Like Booker, Aikens, Car Fears. Honorable mentions. Now we're now we're doing honorable mentions. Michigan State gets credit for honorable mentions for NBA with Hogard, Walker, and Hall. Malik Hall. Honorable mention. I don't want to. I don't want to address this comment, and I appreciate Malik because I know he's always in the comments. I don't want to address this. I'm sure you don't. I do. Uh, <laughs> I mean, honorable honorable mention NBA guys is. <laughs> can we go back? Can we get, get Raymar Morgan? Is he an honorable mention NBA? Guy? Brandon Dawson, honorable mention NBA guy. Chris Allen, honorable mention NBA guy. Darrell Summers, honorable mention NBA guy. Uh, might as well throw Joey Hauser 
in their honorable mention NBA guy, Caleb whoa, Lucas. Whoa, 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 whoa. Joey, Joseph Jamal is not honorable mention. <laughs> Joseph Jamal Hauser is an NBA player. Is you he gonna, it, 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 over under 0. 0.5 minutes for Joey Hauser in the NBA this year. You're taking the over? Over? Are you kidding me? <laughs> is he on the roster? Yes. He was on the summer roster. Is he on he's the, on the roster. He's on the day one roster? Yes. We'll see about that. No, he is. It's a, it's a, he is. It's August 21st. He's on. Are you questioning my Joseph Jamal Hauser knowledge? I love Joey Jamal. Don't get me wrong. I'm rooting. Joseph I just, listen, man, Michigan state is the premier honorable mention NBA program in college basketball. There is no school that has more honorable mention NBA guys in the last 20 years than the Michigan state Spartans. So Trey might as well. Trey Holloman is already on an honorable mention path. Jared golf 16 says rumor has it that Michigan's basketball team recently lost to a local division three school in a secret scrimmage. It's not true. It's not true. It'd be great if they scrimmaged Albion. What would the score be? If Michigan played Albion, what would the score be? Uh, Albion wasn't good this year. Michigan's also not good this year. They would they would win by 30, probably 40. Okay. I was genuinely curious. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Can I, can I, get, a, can I get a quick bar off real quick here as far as the divisions and basketball? Sure. The skill gap is there. It's a lot less than you think the real gap is on the physical side. That's all I want to throw out there. Oh, like you no no amount of ball skills can solve 69 240 above the rim versus 67 200 yeah. below the rim. There's a lot of guys you see at that level not as much because they didn't get the exposure. Now that is something that happens, but a lot of it is that guy's really good or that guy's good, but he doesn't have the physicality or the physical tools to get over that hump to play at the, to play at the division one level. He should go to like a lower level. Got it. Okay. Just want to yeah. put out there. I don't know if that's a main, I, I feel like that's sometimes a common misconception. I think there's not as much of a skill gap as some might think. I appreciate that. In some cases. Aiden Tree says, what's more likely, Michigan having been outclassed by a D3 team or Michigan making the Sweet 16 next year? What's more likely, Michigan making the Sweet 16? I think that's the correct answer as well. Your master says, Illinois has to be in the discussion for the most NBA talent on the roster. Shannon and Hawkins will probably be drafted second round. Rodgers is a future draft pick. DGL could develop into an NBA player. And Goody is a long, smart 3 and D in the NBA. I love how fans look at their players. I hate how fans look at their players, man. Can we do, like, we got to figure out who the randomizer wants us to talk about. But, like, our Indiana fans coming on here, like, oh, Xavier Johnson, NBA guard. Like Gabe, yeah. Gabe, yeah, Gabe they, Cups. They, I think they are. Gabe Cups, two and done. Like, Trey Galloway, he's got a 10-year career. and Like, just stop it, man. There's 60 guys every year that get drafted, and there's 360 teams. Like, you you don't get four guys on your team drafted. Nobody does. And if you do, you're one of the best teams in the country, or you're pulling five-star recruits, or you're Michigan. You stink anyway, but you have, like, high-pedigree talent. Like, nobody in the Big Ten does. Nobody does. 
Goody's not an NBA player. We love Luke Goody here. He's not an NBA player. DGL could be, maybe. We don't know. Ty Rogers, maybe make one three-pointer in your career and crack 55% from the free throw line before we start pegging him into an NBA rotation. And uh, Shannon and Hawkins, great players, man. Can I say something, Cart? Okay. <laughs> Me thinks if those guys were NBA players, they'd be in the NBA. Call it what it is. I More often than not, hey, if, if you're actually an NBA player, maybe go play in the NBA. Me thinks. I mean, would they get drafted? Probably. Would they, like, 50 to 60? Probably. They're NBA players. I think they'd be in the NBA. We could have been saying that about two, three years ago. Just saying. Yeah, uh, the well, let's see if that helps them get to the NBA, right? Because at some at a certain point, coming back and being on okay teams that don't do anything important, and now you're 23 instead of 21, sorry, but that diminishes your value to the NBA. So let's have a conversation about it. But no, if, if all these fans are right, I mean, fuck, man. How many NBA players are in the Big Ten? Or do we have 17 NBA players in the Big Ten this year? Because when I looked at Gavoni's NBA mock draft, there was one. But these fans are telling me there's 17. Did Gavoni have honorable mention list on there? Oh my God, I'm fired up on a Monday. I, I'm, that's, I'm breaking rule number one of this show. Never get fired up on a Monday. Tater46741 says best chips top five. Five sour cream and onion lays. Four munchos. Three sour cream and cheddar ruffles, two taco Doritos, one chili cheese Fritos. That's way too much sour cream and way too much flavor in general. Tater. <laughs> way too much flavor and seasoning. I'm not, I'm, not I'm not liking this. Clayton Lee is back. He says, Are pretzels chips? I say no, but have gotten pushback. No, pretzels are pretzels. Yeah, pretzels are pretzels. They're not chips. Also, someone had apparently had the Cheeto chip discussion because they like tagged their friend and somebody uh, tagged me in a tweet. And basically said, like, Cheetos gave us their answer. And it, they said they're not a chip. Like, the actual Cheeto Twitter account said we are not a chip. They had a different word for it. I'm forgetting what it is right now. I'm trying to dig it up. This 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 word that they chose is going to mean a lot. Yeah. Um, hold on. Also Somebody... tweeted, I've also tweeted from my account that I'm a guard and I'm not, so... Lies do happen. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Frito-Lay themselves in 2022 said the results are in. Drum roll. Cheetos are not chips. They are Colette's. Huh? What's a Colette? I don't know, but important to note, extremely important to note, the date of this tweet, April 1st. April Fool's. This is not solved yet. Let's move on. Cheetos are chips. Kevin, Cheeto is a chip then. No, we don't know that. We don't know that. Kevin Deaton says, Greg, when you're talking about Texas moving to the SEC and there's no Kansas in the SEC, you sure about that? And Texas recruits better than everybody in the SEC. Really? You also mentioned Barnes, Pearl, and Muss. Just claim temporary insanity and tell me you forgot for a moment that Kentucky is in the SEC. I'll accept that. And with all due respect to your guest, Alabama has not been the team to beat in the SEC the last couple of years. They were literally a middle-of-the-pack SEC team two years ago. They did win it the year before, so two of the last three doesn't mean they'll maintain that. No SEC program not named Kentucky ever does. Rant over. Um, Bama definitely has been the team to beat. Like, let's just like, we're really nitpicking to be like, 
Alabama has been the team to beat the last three years. And we're like, no, two years ago, they weren't. Well, they have two titles in that span and they were the best team in the country six months ago. So like they are the team to beat. Um, Like, should I have named Kentucky by name? Maybe I didn't forget about them. I'll tell you that. Um, I like this year's Kentucky team, but like where Cal is at in this era is not at the top of the sport. Like he he is trying to play the game he played ten years ago that had him at the top of the sport, which is winning with eighteen year olds, and he's trying to beat twenty three year olds. Everybody else is playing with twenty three year olds. Cal's playing with eighteen year olds. We'll see if that works. It hasn't worked. Like Kentucky isn't hanging banners. They're not winning titles. They're not making NCAA tournament runs the last three years. So, um, he had the national player of the year on one of those teams. Outside of that, I'm not seeing it. Yeah. Has has he necessarily leaned into like playing young kids? Because I feel like the past two years he's actually gotten like older guys, older transfers. He's gotten like the Grady's, the Fredericks of the world. Um, Frederick never like Antonio Reeves into that into Frederick, that old, and he's just like th- th- that didn't work for me. So maybe lean into these young guys. Frederick never came together though. Like yeah, because of injuries. But like that was his that was his his motive his his motive was going after older guys. But I think like, I think you got to do both is the point. Like yeah. it was it objectively bad for Cal that he got Oscar Shibway who became the national player of the year. Like, no, but like now he's, he's flipping and saying, I'm not playing portal game. Like, and he tried also, again, he tried to play the portal. He tried to get Hunter Dickinson. Hunter he, Dickinson. He, got out portal. he, yeah, he got out portaled by Bill self. And that's the number one team in the country because they beat John Calipari, who was at the Detroit airport. Also got out portal by Jerome Tang. Yeah, not great. If you put Kaluma or Dickinson on this team, then I'm I'm in a much different spot. And look, I like this Kentucky team. I have them, I think fifth is the latest I said. Like I'm not even low on Kentucky, but when we're talking about like coaches and who runs through the SEC right now, it's not Cal. Cal needs to earn that back. And final question from Tater. No way in hell I'd let my daughter go to MSU for obvious reasons. That's not even a question. That's a comment. I don't like that comment. I don't yeah, like that comment fine. at all. I don't even want to elaborate on that. Can we move on? Yeah, we can move on. Tater, we don't like that energy, just for the record. Uh, okay. Good day? Weird day? I, I'm fired up now. It is a weird day. Good, like, good start. I appreciate the numbers and the effort from the comment section, but the energy is a little weird. I kind of want to punch you right now. <laughs> okay. Illinois is going to play Kansas. That was the big news over the weekend. Uh, came out on Friday in a very nicely done video featuring Brad Underwood calling Bill Self. Bill Self, formerly the Illinois coach, will make his return trip to Champaign and he will bring Hunter Dickinson with him for a charity exhibition game. This is an exhibition, to be clear. This is not a game that will count on either team's record. But I anticipate, Cart, that both these coaches will play this game as if they're trying to win this game. There will be tickets sold. This is an open event. People can watch these two teams, get a look, an early look at both Illinois and Kansas, both teams we expect some exciting things from this season. Uh, One, what's your reaction to this news? And two, what do you think is going to win? What's the story here? Is Hunter Dickinson going to get his first win against Illinois? My reaction to this news, first of all, is I think it's just it's great in general because I think it's one – above anything is for a great cause with what's going on right now with Maui. So for starters, it's a great cause. It's great that uh, Bill Self himself and Kansas also has is willing to go to State Farm Arena and play this game. 
um, and play in the exhibition. So above anything else, I think it's really, really good for this to happen. Obviously, uh, it's strummed up some energy as well on Twitter and in the college basketball world. I think that the arena will be packed and all eyes will be on this exhibition game, which will be great for the raising of funds that are needed uh, for the people of Maui. Uh, now on to the actual game itself. Uh, I think that Kansas wins this game. If, you know, it's played like a real true game. And I don't know if it's close. I think Kansas is on a different level than Illinois. And I know that the State Farm Arena will be rocking. Obviously, that has to play a factor into it. Um, but the only way that I see this game being close is that Kansas treats it like an exhibition and Illinois doesn't. Okay. Um, my question is this. Are there is the Orange Crush going to be full go? October 25th on a Sunday? Yes. But like you know what I mean though? Like it like I would assume with Orange Crush like you have to like join the Orange Crush formally to have a spot and all that. That's how student sections work at these schools. So you have like almost assigned seats or what your access level is. You got to earn that. It comes with like as the years go by, you get better seats, blah blah blah. I don't know if that's how it works. I would assume it is. But an exhibition game might not work that way. Like this, this isn't in the season package. So like, are those students going to have to buy tickets? Do they get automatic? Like, and is, is Brad Underwood's expectation that the orange crush is in there ready to go to jail to get a win? Cause that's what we saw during the regular season. I don't know if that's what we're going to see in a charity exhibition match. So I'll say this. If, if the orange crush is full go and this is a sellout, like a regular season game, I think Illinois might pick off Kansas because this this is going to be the first like real college basketball setting for Kansas. And if you throw them in Champaign in a regular season environment, that's tough. Like there, there is no warm up game for Dewan Harris and Hunter Dickinson to get used to each other, even though they played overseas. Now, if it's just like 50 percent capacity and we're here putting on a nice little show and raising some money and. Brad Underwood and Bill Self are just in t-shirts and they're kind of joking with each other for the cameras. Then Kansas is going to wipe the floor with Illinois. Because if, if this is just a roll the ball out exhibition, Kansas is better at every position other than wherever Terrence Shannon is. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess I didn't think about uh, the orange crush portion, especially well, not just because they might not have tickets to the game, but also you carry yourself differently at a charity exhibition game. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get arrested at it. It's, it's always it's never good when you take a charity exhibition way too seriously. I know that all too well. Volleyball, junior year of college, uh, raising money for um, I think pediatric cancer or St. Jude Research Center. Uh, you basically play like the middle school kids in volleyball from around like across the street, and I had the perfect most setup spike, and I hit some little eleven year old girl directly in the chest. And like when she broke down crying, it ruined the mood of the whole charity event. But that was also for game. But it, it, you definitely <laughs> want to take it a little bit easier in a charity exhibition game for sure. That's a fact. <laughs> but that was also for game. Just broke me. I mean, it was. Uh, I, afterwards, I had to do what you had to do. So the interesting element of this, like obviously, it's cool. The the most interesting reason I care about this at all beyond just saying it's cool and that's it is the Hunter Dickinson element. First of all, 
I can't believe in this announcement they like really gave Hunter Dickinson his shine. Like I can't believe Brad Underwood when making this video is like I'm gonna name Hunter Dickinson by name and allude to the fact that we own him and also that my fan base hates him. Like the one that was hilarious. It was great content, but I just can't believe I can't believe Brad Underwood gave him the respect to even do that. Like if I'm trying to put like if Tom Izzo was doing this event, which this is something Tom Izzo would do, like a charity event with like John Calipari or something. If he was doing this event, there's no way in hell anyone can get Tom Izzo to name Hunter Dickinson by name. Yeah, I was was rattled by that. I was shook by it. And then Bill Self, like the whole way they played that off was hilarious. Like Bill Self responding to it. Like we're all addressing the elephant in the room that is Hunter Dickinson in Illinois. What's Hunter going to do in this game? Because Hunter has never beaten Illinois in his career. And now he's in a spot where he gets one final chance to play Illinois. It's at Illinois. And it doesn't count on his real record. So if he wins, the record books still say he doesn't have a win. But if he loses, this is the feather in the cap for Illinois fans for forever. Like you went to the number one team in the country and you still couldn't beat Illinois. How does Hunter approach this game? I don't think he plays this game. I don't think he plays. Oh, I don't think really? he plays. Yeah. And I don't and I don't know what for reason it'll be. It could be anything. It could be a tweak of something in practice. Um, not feeling well. He's not gonna play. I I mean, I love this prediction. In a in a weird sense, that is like the most hunter way to handle this, isn't it? Just is he in the gym then? Does he travel for this if he doesn't yes. play? He's on that and that just fire he's on the bench. So that's his even, win. Even, I could even see something like it's an exhibition game. Like they put him in the coaches, like where the assistant coaches sit. They just got Hunter just there in a full Kansas jumpsuit. That's his win is he he's holding like he doesn't dangle the opportunity for Illinois fans to beat him again. He's like he just holds it out in front of him and says, oh, wait, no, pulled it away. Pulls right. the football. They get, they get him on camera clapping when Terrence Shannon has a nice dunk on somebody or him just going it's just good for me to see that Hunter Dickinson and Terrence Shannon's lifelong friendship continues. Like <laughs> I am so it warms my heart to see these two just can't be separate. All the adversity that's been thrown their way, they keep finding ways to support each other. Uh, great for the game of college basketball. Shout out to Brad Underwood. Shout out to Bill Self. Shout out to everybody involved in these two programs for making it happen. We're going to do our best to be there, do everything we can to be there. Uh, we talked about it behind the scenes a little bit, but. I think there's some cool stuff we could do around a trip to this. So uh, more to come, hopefully. Let's move on. What the hell are Indiana fans doing? Yeah. What is Indiana basketball doing in general? I'm I'm confused. You're you're the one that's dialed in on this, and I'm not. So what what's going on? Yeah, so uh, excuse me if I do miss out on a few details, but I got the gist of kind of the situation. So basically, uh, Indiana NIL Collective put on an event, or they're putting on an event that they were going to have, like, the men's basketball team, I think, scrimmage, have a dunk contest, um, three-point contest, um, and the men, and the women's team was going to be involved as well. It was just going to be kind of like a, a fan fest type event. But I guess there were some hiccups with the NIL as far as at the NCAA or the NIL collective or the people who run it said that the players aren't allowed to play in that. Like, they, they can't do that. So, like, all these events go away, right? They still have the fan fest. They still have all these things. They do all this stuff. But the main thing that everyone was talking about, and I wanted to bring this up because I don't see the issue with it, but it had everybody else up in arms. So they had Christian Watford there. 
Indiana legend, one of my most favorite players to watch in the Big Ten, by the way. Love those Indiana teams. Love Christian Watford as a player. Mm-hmm. Big T-shirt, great jumper, loved it. Uh, they recreated, you know, the shot that he had against Kentucky to beat them. Um, you know, last second three-pointer, one of the most probably, you know, I, I'll say iconic shots in college basketball history. When you think about Indiana, you think about Christian Watford, a lot of people bring up that shot. It's a pretty replayable clip. But basically, uh, it was a mixture of Indiana fans, probably mostly Kentucky fans, but a, lot, a couple of Indiana fans too were like, what is this? This is kind of cringy. Like, why are we recreating this shot with nobody on the court? Christian Watford hits a three. And then the men's team just like mobs him. It's just kind of a cringy type clip. And people are getting at them for being like, you need to let this go. Like, this is insane. It was a regular season shot. Just like, just let it go. You're going to hold on to this forever. So I want to know your thoughts on it because I personally don't really have an issue with it. And I don't think it's just some random shot. It's probably one of the best, best moments of Indiana basketball history. I don't know if that's a good or bad, bad thing, but I don't know. I didn't really see an issue with it, uh, but it seemed to cause quite the stir on Twitter. I'm confused why anybody is upset about this. Um, I might be blinded by my love for Christian Watford and that Indiana team in general and that moment like that. I remember where I was when I watched that game. It is the coolest thing that's happened in Indiana basketball. That's sad for Indiana basketball, (laughs) but that doesn't mean we shouldn't like acknowledge it or celebrate. Like I feel like, if you say the words, the Indiana shot, everybody knows what you're talking about. If you mm-hmm. say the words, the Christian Watford shot, obviously everybody knows what you're talking about. But like anytime there's a moment that's that quote unquote iconic that you can summarize it by saying the shot and people know, why should you not celebrate that? Like that, that was a really cool moment in college basketball for like, and like Tom Crean mean mugging, like his reaction like he was just stunned. The crowd goes crazy. That Kentucky team was nasty. Like everything about it was cool. Is it like a little lame that they put it on socials? Maybe. Like I was the context here that like Indiana basketball official account was promoting. No, it? Like, I think it was just, just like a, doing it. I think it was just a, a maybe an Indiana beat reporter. So then they did nothing wrong here. Like if if just someone who was at this event puts a video out of that, they're nothing. Wrong I mean, with but that. but they chose to recreate it. Who cares? That's cool. Like I, or or if it's not cool, like whatever. But like, I don't know. I like. I'm trying to think because most of our team's iconic shots came in the NCAA tournament, right? Like I'm trying mm-hmm. like the Corey Lucius shot. If Corey Lucius is back in East Lansing and they recreated that shot, I'm not like storming on Twitter to be like, this is so lame. Or like the Trey Burke Kansas shot. Like that's a really cool shot. And I would put the Christian Watford shot up there with like iconic moments. Yeah, it was a regular season thing, but it was a really cool play. So I don't have a problem with it. Um, I feel like when I heard there was Indiana drama, I was really confused if it was just that or if there was like additional elements to it. Well, the the only other additional element to it was, and also this is like a split thing. Like there's there's a group of people saying that like, this isn't a big deal. Everything went fine at this fan fest. And there's a group of people that are like, this was just a disaster, awfully done, everything else. But the other main thing that perturbed people, I guess, was that the women's team got no acknowledgement. So, like, the Indiana women's team last year won the Big Ten. They were top five in the country. They were the number one seed. They just didn't get acknowledged, like, during this event at all. 
And they basically just had all the focus on the men's team and like introducing all their players. And I don't think they did anything for the women's team. So that rubbed people the wrong way as well. And then the Christian Watford shot thing. So it was just, I don't know. I think it's a big to do about nothing, um, but it was one of the bigger stories, I guess, in college basketball this weekend in a, in a, in a slow weekend, I think, as you can tell by us talking about this. Yeah. I have my official verdict. One, we need some bigger stories in college basketball. If this was one of the biggest two, it's time to abolish fan fests. The problem here is not that they like recreated the shot or that somebody recorded it or that Christian Wofford was there. The problem is that fan fests in general stink. And this one seems like as horrible of a put on production of any fan fest possible. Like, but I've been like, I've gone to like football fan fest. I've gone to Michigan state fan fest. I've gone to Michigan fan fest. They always stink. Like they, they, they cater to a very specific subset of your population's fan base that just no offense is not the highest IQ fan ever. So, and you, like you watched the video of that there was like 10% of assembly hall was full. So Indiana either did a horrible job promoting and selling tickets to this event, but in general, let's get rid of fan fest, man. Like if you want to hold a scrimmage or something, do it, let your team play, let people see that Purdue, I think did that pretty well. Purdue was like a sellout for their thing. That's cool. If we're just like bringing back some alumni and putting some video on the screen, we can do without that. We don't need that in college basketball. I'm with you on that. Okay. All right. So all in all, no major problem with Indiana then? Small not really. Not really. I mean, I'm, I'd be way worried about the fit of Mbako, Renault, and Ware, and not what, not what shot they're reenacting. Yeah, me too. All right. Um, get healthy, Xavier Johnson. Just want to say that explicitly clear. We're, we're rooting for you. Final topic today. Uh, let's get the randomizer out. So I want to do this over the next 14 episodes of this show. We're going to play a game for each big 10 team where the randomizer tells us which team to pick. And then we're going to imagine a world where this team either wins a national championship for Purdue or Michigan state or makes a sweet 16 for everybody else. And we're going to tell you how they did it. What is the biggest things that needed to happen for that to to come to fruition. So we have 14 teams in a randomizer cart. Moment of truth. What team are we doing today? Iowa. Okay. Iowa Hawkeyes, formerly my favorite Big Ten basketball team. I was going to be the head coach of this program for the first 16 years of my life. Uh, They let me down when we were in Iowa City last year there's a lot of work to be done for this program. Now that the Murray twins are gone, let's flash forward, whatever you want to call it. Let's we're at the end of March, Iowa surprises everybody. They are in the sweet 16 in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. How did they get there? Uh, Brock Harding is freshman of the year in the big 10. Tony Perkins becomes what you see him as, as a top, what eight, Eight top ten player in the. I think I had him eighth. 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 If Tony Perkins is a top ten player in the Big Ten, and Pat McCaffrey takes a step. Pat McCaffrey takes a step as far as I think that them losing Connor will actually be good for them because I think Connor did some things, but I think that Pat can do those same type of things. But I think he's more talented. 
So I think that he takes a step and he, you know, and obviously he remains in a good mental space uh, where he's able to play. Um, I think honing in on that three and those three players being good is good enough, I guess, to make us a, a sweet 16 run. So I think those are the three things that need to happen. What one do you think is the most important of those three? I think Pat McCaffrey's play. Okay. Yeah, if Pat, if you could guarantee me that Pat's healthy and available every game this season, then I think it does swing how you view Iowa a good amount. Because I think Pat is their most talented player on this team. But obviously there's a lot there. And uh, you, everybody's rooting for Pat McCaffrey. That's not a surprise at this point. 100%. He needs to put it together in order for Iowa to have that happen. Iowa has a lot of breakout candidates in my mind, like Peyton Sanford. A lot of people like him. He was very good last season. Now he's arguably going to be the featured guy on this offense. I still think Tony Perkins could be the featured guy. Uh, Patrick McCaffrey is probably their most talented player. If he's there, you've got Bryce Sanford, Peyton Sanford's brother. Who I've had, we love brothers. Iowa basketball loves their I, brothers. They just can't get away from it. Jesus. There's a lot of praise on Brock Harding. Like this, this team has guys you can go up and down and be like, okay, I could see it. They're going to be really good offensively. They're going to be a Fran McCaffrey offense. It wouldn't surprise me if this is a top 10 offense in the country. It wouldn't surprise me if this is a top two three point shooting team in the country. Like I think they're, if you have Pat McCaffrey and two Sanfords, and Brock Harding on the floor, <laughs> like they're going to shoot the piss out of the ball. Um, it, okay. To back to my game. If this team's in the second weekend, I think two things happen. I think Tony Perkins is all conference. And I think this one's kind of unorthodox cart. I think Iowa doesn't play a center. Ooh, okay. So can I, can I push back on this? And I think this might get you in on Iowa's on Iowa's center this season. Okay. So haven't watched him at all. So take this, take this, take this with a grain of salt. But when they were posting stats of this game, they had a freshman, 6'11, 225, Owen Freeman. Um, I think he was a, like a top 150 kid, uh, probably in that range. He was consistently averaging a double-double in their overseas trip. And I don't know who they were playing but he was averaging a double-double. But this is also a factor. He grew up with Brock Harding. They were teammates, <laughs> AAU teammates, friends. Like, they are they are boys, and they're going together. Does that swing you at all? I mean, I'm kind of in on that. I love a good I love a good brother. I love a good friend. I, I would <laughs> just brother, friends, family. The, the I, brotherhood. The brotherhood. I, so I do think Owen Freeman is the best big on this team on paper to me. That is how I have it mapped out in my mind. I still think, like, if Owen Freeman's your best big with the rest of this roster, I think that's like, if he needs to be a key guy playing 30 minutes a game, I think this is headed towards, like, bubble season, maybe, like, eight seed ceiling. What I think Iowa has the opportunity to do, which would be special and unique, is kind of what Penn State did last year. Like Penn State played centers a little bit here and there, but like crunch time of a game, Penn State's plan was like, we're just going to bomb you with threes and go full on small ball. Seth Lundy's going to play our five. Like, good luck. Figure it out. And it, they zagged when the rest of the conference zigged with all these dominant big men. Now, we've talked about how there's less dominant big men than normal. 
But there isn't a team this year that's going to go full small ball the way Penn State did last year. Iowa could roll out a crunch time lineup of Brock Harding at point, Tony Perkins at the two, Sanford Sanford at the three and the four, and Pat McCaffrey, 6'9", at the five, stretch five. And I don't know. I don't think any team would be able to guard that at all. Like, I think they would get a wide open three every single possession if they played that five. I love that, but Fran Michael McCaffrey would never. You don't think so? No, because he, 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 when someone zigs, he families, he doesn't zag. Okay. Like, he's not, but that's the family. He's got his son playing and the two brothers. Like, that he is familying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know. Well, I'm just saying there's a difference between Shrews and Fran. Okay, maybe. Um, Tony Perkins. Let's dissect my Tony Perkins love a little bit. Like I said, I have him the eighth best player in this conference on paper. Here's why I'm so high on Tony Perkins. Last season, 12 points a game, four rebounds, three assists, pretty low turnover guy. Uh, he operated as Iowa's primary point guard for much of the year. 33% from three, 76% from free throw, got to the line a good amount. All in all, like good Big Ten player. Like 12, 4, and 3, those are AJ Hogard numbers with less assists. I knew, I knew right? that was kind. I knew that those was are, Those are AJ Hogard numbers. Those are AJ Hogard numbers with no, less assists. Not. With less assists. Yes, they are. Hey, those are AJ Hogard numbers with less assists. You're me with less African American in them. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> okay. Here, here's the point. Go back through the last decade. Whoever Iowa's featured number one option has been, has been awesome. I don't care what position. I don't like go back. Fran McCaffrey makes somebody great. Chris Murray, Keegan Murray, Luca Garza, Peter Jock, Jared Utoff. Like you can go back as far as you want. These guys, somebody averages 18 points a game on this team. Andrew White. You can, yeah, you can go wherever you want. Different positions all over the place. Somebody averages 18 a game. It's either Peyton Sanford or Tony Perkins on this team. It can't be Pat. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Pat is going to be like the cerebral kind of do it all glue piece when he's there. And he probably won't be there some games if we're being honest, but like Tony Perkins, Tony Perkins is going to have the ball in his hands. He already scored. He like, he scored 12 a game last year. He was the second option on this team last year with Chris Murray. And again, I feel like I always become the butt of the joke because they keep losing in in March. We make a lot of jokes about him too. But Iowa was good last year, and Tony Perkins was the second best player on a good team. And I feel like everyone's just sort of laughing him off like he's mediocre. Like, no, I think there is a jump. I think Tony Perkins, as the featured guy on a Fran McCaffrey offense, probably has first team all conference ceiling with numbers if he puts him up. Like, there, there's not a crazy world where Tony Perkins scores like 17 a game with five assists this year. Could happen. If he does, if he does, they stink though. That's the thing. This is this is where this is where I'm at on Tony Perkins, and I differ for you on this one. I think that Tony Perkins works best in a in the role player glue guy form because mentally his makeup is I'm the best guy on the team, and I think that works because when you have a glue guy who's willing to do all, because like you stated with the stats, Tony Perkins is a guy who does a lot of different things, and I think that works extremely well. And that's why, like, on some previous Iowa teams, I was really buying in when they could have that talent surrounded by a role blue guy like Tony Perkins. I think if Tony Perkins is your number one option best player and he knows he's that guy, yes, maybe he gets the numbers, 
but it's not going to lead to any team success whatsoever. I think that's selling him short. 13-5-3 in conference play last year and very efficient doing so. I won't read the numbers, but he was better in conference play than he was on the whole season. Um, do you think, final question, do you think, is Iowa better, like all the criticisms you just had of if Tony Perkins is your number one, is Iowa better if Peyton Sanford is their number one? No, I think Pat McCaffrey should be the number one. Yeah, I just, I can't get there with him. He's got to be available. Like that's, I, I know it's harsh. That, 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 yeah, that's what I'm saying. If he's available and uh, if he's obviously in the right space to do so, I think that's, that's, you know, who you lean in on. Yeah. I, and I'm not trying to like make light of his situation or we should, probably shouldn't even be talking about it to be honest, but I just, I think it's difficult for a guy who has those struggles to take on the pressure of now you're the face of my dad's team. Like, yeah. and you probably don't want him to do that, to be honest. Like, yeah, you want you want to make Pat's you want to make Pat's life as easy as possible. Yeah, and exactly. needing him to be their superstar isn't that. So, um, okay. So, <laughs> again, final question: They're in the Sweet Sixteen. Give me your one sentence answer. What happened? The second variant of COVID came around in their first game and got suspended and they and they advanced. They'd still lose the round of 32 to whoever they play. Um okay. Sweet 16. A Fran McCaffrey scandal breaks out in January. That's what happens. Fran, McCa- Fran McCaffrey is not the head coach of Iowa basketball in February on this season somebody else is somebody else takes the remaining parts and goes Micah Shrewsbury small ball style and they bombs away three ball their way to a sweet 16 whoa no more comfort for Iowa City Iowa Iowa fans snap out of it's time to to shake things up it's time to shake things and again I don't know what the scandal is I joked about it a couple weeks ago a couple options for the scandal a couple options good grief one big thing presented by Bigby. <laughs> Bigby is a comfortable coffee spot. You can get some comfortable coffee at Bigby. What's your one big thing today, Cart? Uh, my one big thing is that I want respect on the sport of tennis. And I think that everyone should be watching tennis. And I, I thank you every day, Gregory, for putting me on and making me watch tennis. Because now I can't get enough of it. It's an absolutely electric sport to watch. Uh, for those who got to watch Alcaraz and Djokovic go at it yesterday, I mean, that was just some of the shots and some of the things that those guys are able to do with a tennis racket is absolutely insane. Like athletically, will-wise, mentally, the 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 mental aspect of tennis as well is just something I really enjoy because I enjoy mental warfare and breaking down people mentally. Uh, so I, if you're not watching tennis, I just I urge you to give it a chance. Because it is a great and electric sport to watch. And if you need another reason, it's also very fun to bet on. I'd also argue we're in like the golden tennis era right now. Like get, like get in now. Yeah, because there's there's a lot of young talent who was supposed to be next up that's not there. But there's we have two goats right now. Like we have the guy who's going to be the goat in 10 years and we have the current goat. Um, it's yeah, it's a fun sport. Great sport. I I think what Carlos and Novak are doing though is like the big story with tennis right now. Like obviously I watched tennis for years leading up to this. I just like tennis in general, but 
like it's it's been elevated and brought more mainstream because these two keep elevating their game against each other. And I give them both credit, honestly. Novak won last night, which stinks. I don't like Novak Djokovic, and I, I would die for Carlos Alcaraz. But <laughs> they like they just they're elevating so like Novak could go away. Novak could lose the Wimbledon final, lose the first set here and almost like hang it up mentally and be like, okay, I'm 36. I, this kid's 20 and he's already eclipsed me. Like I, I could just shut it down and no one's going to blame me, but like he could have shut down. No, instead, like he elevated. Um, We saw the best of, in my opinion, the best I've ever seen Novak yesterday. Like he had to do that to take over Carlos and Carlos is just a freak, man. Like, call him whatever you want. I always make the LeBron James comparison because I, I feel like we are watching Michael Jordan still at the end of his prime against LeBron James early into his prime. And we never got to see that in basketball. Um, we also we never got, like, Kobe LeBron in the finals, which is devastating. Like, this this is that in sports and I'm, I'm finding a hard way to parallel it. But the nice thing is we might get again. Like we're, I think, I think we're going to keep getting it is the point. I think like the fact that the fact that this was ATP Cincinnati, which is not a super important tournament. Like it's a tournament. It's on the list. It's one of the larger tournaments that aren't a major every season, but like, I don't think either one of these guys would normally care about ATP Cincy, but they just played at Wimbledon a month ago. And they were both looking at the bracket like, the other guy here? Oh, shit. The other guy here? And it's, you know, okay, you're on the opposite side. I played tennis in high school. Like, I made my way through some postseason tournaments. I had a rival all three years that I played in the championship all three years. And you you get that bracket and you're like, you, you keep an eye on what that person's Wait, who, who's rival? I was a school. Well, it wasn't a person. It was a school. Ann Arbor Green Hills. Oh, damn I played. I, I I need a, I need a name. There is a name. So I played doubles, and there was only one name that played doubles all three years in the same flight against me. His name was AJ Gay. AJ Gay. I need to know what AJ Gay is up to nowadays. I think I'm friends with him on Facebook, which that's the moment I knew I broke him. Such a mental <laughs> game. I've never told you this. I so I did a lot of little like mental gimmicks to mess you with my opponents. No. So I, at the beginning of every tennis match in high school, what you do is someone spins the racket and there's normally like a P or a W on the bottom of the racket because it's the brand of the racket. And so you ask your opponent, like, guess P or D or guess M or W. And then whatever it is, when you flip it up, they get to decide if they're going to serve or not, if they got it right. Right. So I, my junior year on, junior and senior year on, I took a picture like just to printed out a picture of Stevie Repahowski and I cut his face out and put it on the bottom of my racket. So then when it was like time at the beginning of the match to like, we, we've already warmed up, I'd go up and I was just be like, all right, Stevie up or Stevie down. And the other people would just be so like, huh? Be like Stevie up or Stevie down, just like with a straight face and show them a picture of Stevie Repahowski's head. Uh, and then like they would have to give me an answer like, cause they wouldn't just be like, no, like I'm, I'm going to give you like, they would give me an answer. And as soon as I heard one of them say out loud, Stevie up or Stevie down, that's when I knew I had them. I had them broken. They were already playing my games. My I'm jigsaw and they're my little victims cart. And then I would dismantle them on the tennis court for the next hour and a half. That's that's insane. But <laughs> oh, oh man. Wow. What's that about? Also not surprised. 
in the yeah, I I just bored you to death with that story. Sorry, we should talk more no, about your didn't. we should talk more about your men's league. My one big thing uh, oh, is don't be, that. Don't be we, that. let's not let's not end the episode like that. Please. No, no, no. I mean, let's just uh, yeah, fuck fuck my three state championships. Let's just talk more about your new men's league roster. Uh, so I <laughs> I criticized Messi fans. I thought that was dumb, and then tennis went great, and then I talked about Lucas Glover last week. So. I was going to do just messy, but now I'm going to do sports in general. Sports responded to my criticisms. Okay. I came on and said I needed golf to step up. They were making shit too easy. Why is Lucas Glover coasting to a title? What did we get? We got Victor Hovland, one of the best in the world, shooting seven under on the back nine to honestly, like I get Scotty missed a putt late. Scotty was making putts and playing great. Like Scotty deserved to win that tournament. I don't care if cards rolling his eyes. Victor Hovland was generational on the back nine, seven under. That's unheard of. Golf stepped up. That's two of the best in the world going at it. Scotty Scheffler playing well. Victor Hovland taking it from him. Soccer. I talked about this to you in text. It probably deserves its own one big thing at one point this week, but Messi has delivered in a way I didn't expect. He could easily coast and go to Publix and hit the beach after. He's playing 90 minutes every single game. He just took the worst team in the MLS to a cup in five games and scored every single game he was there. And the goals themselves were screamers. Like their highlight goals every single time uh, he's delivered. Like, thank you, Messi. I appreciate you not coasting. Greats are grading right now. And then, um, oh, what's the third? I had tennis. Oh, tennis. Yeah. Carlitos and Novak. Like greats are grading. Again, Novak could have mentally folded. He didn't. He bounced back. Carlos is pushing him. They got their arms around each other after like sports are sporting again. It's not a cooked product. I say thank you to everyone because I've criticized all three of those sports in the last month, and we just got a great weekend of sports. Coincidentally, right as college football is coming back. I'm very excited. I love it. Uh, But I do have to hit you with one more thing before we end this episode because I just received an email. One more thing presented by Bigby? One more thing presented by Bigby. Extra shot of espresso presented by Bigby on this one big thing. Uh, Just got the official media day announcement for big time basketball it's in minneapolis minnesota why mm. why expansion realignment <laughs> and you and you send us to minnesota are we going do we have to no. go no we're not going no i'm not going to minnesota we might be going to minnesota <laughs> you could get me to minnesota All right. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Good day. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow.